welcome to Stand and Deliver, a JoJo podcast. This week, we discuss episodes 9 through 12 of part 6, Stone Ocean. Especially since, like you said, it's going to be on Hulu when it's on streaming. I want to watch Megan. Mathregan. I want to watch Mathregan, god damn it. I want her to be my new best friend. (laughs) Okay, I thought you were going to say something really problematic there for a second, and I'm glad that you didn't. Um, But also, I'm your best friend, so that's a little upsetting. Too late. You're out. Mathregan is in. Have you seen those dances? You can't do that. I yeah, I can't do that. You can't wobble around and then do a flip. I can't run around like a dog. My bones don't let me do it no more. Yeah. So <sighs> sorry. No, I don't. You've, you've I, been uh, dethroned. That's, that's fine. Look, if it had to be anyone, at least it's Mithrigan. Yeah. But, but the the malignant team is back. Yeah, they're doing a crew. Chucky. Yep. Oh, I'm excited for that. Anyway, uh, this is Stand and Deliver, a JoJo podcast. I'm Larry Davis. With me, as always, is number one Mithrigan fan, George <laughs> Brundle. It's going to be the first movie this year to break $100 million. That's my prediction. Uh, maybe. I think it will. Oh, I don't know. Have you seen that um, 80 for Brady movie that's coming out? No. Never even but- heard of that. It's got like all of the old ladies in it. It's going to be huge. <laughs> it doesn't have one old lady. Let me tell you. <laughs> no. I tell you right off the bat. It doesn't have Betty White. Nope, it does that not. Bitch, but that bitch is dead. It has like Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda and mm-hmm. Rita Moreno. It's It's got like a new song from Dolly Parton. Oh, it's going to be giant. Yeah, Every a... old lady is going to go out and see that. What about Cocaine Bear? Uh, I don't know. That thing looks terrible. Yeah, it does. I don't know if you if you're going to make a movie about a bear, make the bear look better than that. Yeah. Well, considering like how much you see the bear in the trailer, I imagine you're going to be seeing a lot of it in the movie, and it looks really bad. Yeah, it does. Um, I know that there are some very shoddy effect works, going on in like the trailers for Mithrigan, but it's like nothing that looks quite on the level of like any single shot in cocaine bear. Also it's twelve million dollar budget, so you know. Yeah. How much what's the budget for a cocaine bear? Oh, I don't know. I'm gonna have to look it up real quick. You you should look it up then. I'm going to guess eighty to a hundred. I feel like it's probably higher than you you would expect. For a movie uh, called Cocaine Bear. You know, searching Cocaine Bear budget doesn't actually bring anything up. I wonder if they've just not published what the uh, budget Yeah, is. maybe. They're ashamed of it. 
<laughs> we spend forty dollars on this movie. All the effects. No, I was thinking the other way. It would be way more expensive, and yeah, it possibly. still looks bad. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, hold on. Let's. Uh... Okay, I'm holding on. All right. Okay, no, I was skimming the article to see. If, I was like, I was doing a quick read of the article to see if I could find it. And I don't, I don't, I don't see it's going, it. Going uh, uh, anywhere. Ah, uh, here we go. Okay, yeah. No, oh, no, never mind. Mm. We're supposed to be talking about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, I think. We are. <clears throat> uh, so this week we've got uh, episodes nine through twelve. A fine selection of episodes. I enjoyed all of these. Mm-hmm. Introduces a new main character for the crew. <laughs> I got some problems with this character's name, but I guess we'll get to it. <laughs> we'll, we'll Thought you were going to say it. you have a problem with this hat, but okay. Okay, so th- I don't want to jump too far ahead, but this enters into the same Foo Fighters is it hat or hair territory, and I think I fall on the side this of is hair a hat. this time. No, that's a hat. <laughs> I don't know. It seems more fuzzy it seems it has more horns. like yeah but like maybe you could put that inside of your hair that could be like a, a braid or something that he's got in there the All right. it's like it's flat though mm. it it kind of looks like a new shanka but with horns coming out of it but okay anyway. then like okay. look at look at poochie's facial hair though and tell me that that is possible i don't know but in the flashback uh you see he doesn't have that yeah, that was interesting. Ah, okay, we're 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 getting we're getting <laughs> way, way ahead. Of, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. We need to back up to this baseball episode, um, which has yeah, a lot the, of the episode in which JoJo's Bizarre Adventure becomes Kaiji for twenty minutes. <laughs> it's a good episode. I like it. Uh, this yeah, one me opens... too. I like Kaiji. It wasn't an insult. <laughs> this one opens up on Poochie. Talking to, uh, I can't pronounce her name. You try it. Oh, well, I don't remember what it was. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look it up. It starts with an it's M. Like Masoda or something? What? <laughs> That's worse than my attempt no, at it. I don't M- remember Michonne? what it was. Michonne? Michonne? No. That's the character from Walking Dead. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it's not... <laughs> <laughs> it's not Michonne. I'm mm. looking through the episode. Okay. Point is, he's meeting with this woman who's a kleptomaniac, and she wants to get an early parole. And uh, Poochie is more interested in talking about the fact that dogs and cats, if they really just put a little backbone into it, they would be able to read books and start fires. Yeah. <laughs> And I feel like that little tidbit is something that Iraqi read somewhere, and I haven't had the chance to sit down yet and find the source for it, but I want to. I don't understand what Pochi is talking about most of the time in any of his monologues. <laughs> He's having like three different conversations with this woman that is not at all the conversation that is relevant to her. And he's just like seamlessly moving between them. Like after this one, it's like, hey, look, check out this thing I did with these cherries. Also, I eat them like a cool dude. And also, while he's doing that, she's just there, like, uh, yeah, about my parole. Like, can you help with that? Why are you talking about? What about my parole? Anyway, Poochie introduces her to the corner of the table. Yeah, slams, slams her, her head in it. Bust her nose open. It's fine. It's fine in like the next scene somehow. Mira uh, Shone. 
Marishone, okay. It just See, came was, up here. I was closer than you. Well, <laughs> I had no idea what it was and just knew it started with an M. <laughs> so he uh, puts a disc inside of her. He gives her a stand power. Uh, this is another betting stand in the fine tradition of betting stands along with uh, Darby's. Uh, mm-hmm. I forget the name of his stand. Um because that's back when they were doing the whole tarot card and then a switch yeah, to the Egyptian gods thing. And, uh, of course, Rochamboy. Junkin' Boy. Junkin' Boy. Yeah, but Rochamboy was like the Americanized version of it, which is still pretty good. That makes no sense. Why would... Okay. Rochambeau. I understand. That's still not English. Yeah, but it's like they still took the other Japanese Have version you d- of Rock Okay, did you ever, like hear anybody refer to rock paper scissors as rochambeau when you were a kid yes i never did uh, i want to say that it popped up in an anime i watched when i was younger so that not not like i <laughs> did you hear question... somebody refer to that when you were a kid yeah it was in an anime i watched that's okay, so funny. great thank you <laughs> those those are people communicating between each other um no i i I'm the TV positive. was your friend. I get it. Okay, <laughs> great. I sat very close so I could see Adam West in the 1960s Batman because he was my friend and I wanted him to be my dad. Um, no, I'm sure that I've heard people say that in like high school because I ran in a crowd with a bunch of really horrible weebs that would say stuff like that. So I know I've heard it long All right. ago. My point is, like, using that as an Americanized version. I mean Americanized in the sense that for some reason they cut Junkin' Boy. Like, I don't know why they felt that they had to change that, but they did. I don't know. Oh, whatever. What was his stand's name again? Or was that the name of the stand? It was uh, Boys to Men. That's right. Okay. Wait, what did they change that to in the American one? Oh, it was like Boy Boy Man or something. <laughs> It was a really dumb one. There's some there's some really uninspired Americanized versions and names in this set of four episodes, but among them, my favorite one is uh, this stand, which she has been given. It is normally called Marilyn Manson, and so they changed it to Mary Lee Manson. Mary, Mary Lynn Manson. Manson. I'm sorry. Yeah. I misspoke. But it's an all right way to get around it, I guess. That one is pretty good. I feel like there's a dozen different ways you could have overthought Marilyn Manson, but they settled on a pretty good one. Um, unfortunately, the same is not true of like the other three that we get in the set of episodes. Uh, but three. Yeah. I think it's three. I was well, thinking there's te- more. Did, te- did you watch the post credits scene, by the way? I did, yeah. Okay. Which I almost missed because Netflix wants to skip ahead to the next episode so fast when it hits credits. So it did not do that for me, although I just downloaded this set of episodes. I think maybe if I had downloaded the next one, it would have tried to skip it. But um... Possibly, yeah. But I, I always have to like slam pause on it and like scrub ahead to see if there's anything at the end there. But yeah, I think... I usually don't. Done. I kind of just suspected there might be something at the end of this considering the opening credits were different too but anyway uh, you you skipped the uh important part where fighters is playing catch uh and somebody gets too close to her cup of water and she decides (laughs) to explode his head (laughs) 
her head, but yes. Her head. Oh, right. <laughs> yes. It stretches out horribly. I, like, stopped the show to talk to you on Discord. I paused it, and when I came back, it was just on the most horrific frame it could possibly be on for that sequence. Yeah. I almost want to say it should just be the thumbnail for this week because it's very good. Um, but yeah, I, Foo Fighters is very protective of her water because obviously she needs to stay hydrated. Otherwise, she will die very quickly. You need water to live. Yeah. It's but as, act. But especially Foo Fighters. Uh, but, but also you. Well, I'm drinking a Dr. Pepper and that's got water in it. That's true. So that's very hydrating and good for you. I just took a sip of it. <laughs> oh, God, fuck. It's horrible. Um, Foo Fighters uh, makes blood explode out of this lady's cheeks, uh, <laughs> which then makes her leave. And so Foo Fighters has her water back and everything's yeah. fine. Foo and Fighters back to playing catch. A Foo Fighters has never played catch and contorts her body in a bizarre fashion when throwing and yet somehow still pretty good at it. Yeah, they catch the ball something like 83 times and she's really hyped about hitting 100 and that is when uh Mora Shown or whatever her name is shows up and is just like Mara hey. Shone? Let's make a bet. I bet you guys can't catch that ball a hundred times. And then she flashes a bunch of money to make the bet more enticing. Uh, which Jolene obviously knows something is up with it. Everyone catches on very quickly that there's something up with it. And they think it's a very good idea to go along with this to try to expose a white snake. Even though it almost gets them all killed. But, you know. Whatever. I'm also fascinated by Mira Schoen's hair, where she has like a loop of hair on the front that like goes fully around her head. Ugh, there's a lot of um, Seymour from Final Fantasy X ass hair in this part of JoJo's. <laughs> Guys with inverted Bart Simpson heads on their it's head. Driving me completely fucking insane. I can like. I can get behind some really grotesque character designs, but for some reason it's specifically improbable hair that like actually makes me angry. That's stupid. Like I genuinely hate the way Poochie looks and I hate this lady's <laughs> hair too. They drive <laughs> me insane. I don't like it. What about Foo Fighters? What do you think of her hair slash it's a, hat? It's a hat. I can suspend okay. my disbelief and say that's a hat and I can get through it. All right. I also I th think it's a hat, but I think who Weather, knows? I think Weather Reports is hair, but it looks close enough to a hat that I can just move past it and get on his, with my life. His, I think, is definitely a hat. Every time I like see... Like, Foo Fighters, considering the nature of Foo Fighters also, even though she's, like, taking the form of that other person, you at least have some sort of deniability where it's like, well, it's just whatever she turned it into. I... All I'm saying is every time Poochie's on screen, I'm clenching my monitor with one hand, teeth are on my lower lip, and my other fist is reeled back. Just makes me mad looking at him. I don't get it, but okay. <sighs> you don't understand my pain. Nope, I don't. Um, right. So they take this bet, they win the bet, and then basically she goes in uh, more than double or nothing with it. She wants to bet a thousand damn dollars. Uh-huh. Uh, which, of course, they take, uh, except... Yeah, without checking what time it is. 
<laughs> Which, as soon as that happened, I was like, this seems like a bad idea. <laughs> it's keeping but the so- armies needs money. Here's here's the part of the podcast where I get very close to putting my foot in my mouth. I think you can describe all the main cast JoJo characters and every single part as basically being a roving gang of himbos. Yeah. But the phrase bimbo is like more derogatory, and so I don't want to use it for them. But they have the same kind of spirit, and I appreciate that. It's I, not I a negative. Say, I would say Jolene is... Like, she's more competent than the usual JoJo main character. But yes, the mm-hmm. rest of them are absolutely on the same level as like an Okuyasu or a Polnareff. I think it would be fair to say that even though there is a very horrible and derogatory term that could be used for this, they carry the himbo spirit with them. <laughs> sure. And then you get, like I feel like the new guy in the crew, this set of episodes is sort of the Kakyoin equivalent where he's more confident and i i hope he also just like the next episode you see him he is a blithering dumbass i really hope maybe i mean look look at how foo fighters (laughs) changed within one episode of like joining the crew to then licking a puddle on the (laughs) what on the floor like immediately she has a childlike wonderment for just playing catch and then yeah that previous episode she's talking about how her exist her intelligence has existed before the dawn of the universe so um she's great i love foo fighters i i like all these main characters a lot so far i think they're all really fun um but Hermes tags in to do this baseball thing because uh, jolene's not quite she'll take the bait to a certain point and it's like you said she's more level-headed and i think she knows when to tap out on this uh but yeah, they didn't watch the clock, and the way that the bet works basically is if they fail to do it a thousand times, it doesn't matter what stopped them from catching the ball, they lose. Uh, so they bribe this guard to get more time, uh, but then he takes her glove away. And I guess now it's harder to catch this ball without this glove because Hermes is immediately having difficulty with it. Have you ever tried to catch a baseball I could, that's I just chucked that. full force at you? I could do that 2,000 times. No problem. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sure you're, you're just, you're a paragon of Simple. like physical fortitude. Yeah, bitch. Of course just, I am. Just listen to how good and strong you sound right now. <laughs> I'm sick, okay? I was nearly <laughs> killed by a bacteria. So my voice is cracking a little bit. I can't help it. Takes a big man <laughs> to be killed by a bacteria. <laughs> so she's caught off guard by this. She's kind of thrown off balance. Uh, she falls and manages to catch the ball using her stand, but that's a violation of the rules. It's considered cheating. Uh, and now Mary, Mary Lynn Manson is here to rip her goddamn liver out. Yes. <laughs> so good immediately violent it also takes her money bags as was established previously i almost forgot about that yeah there's just this shot of her tits exploding and money flying out (laughs) which is very funny and also horrific it's like that's the first thing that happens and then she's just like hmm not enough and then just drives a fist through her stomach like a dragon ball character yeah Oh, your liver will fetch me $500 on the black market. 
another good example of like not having the censorship from previous seasons because that would totally be like all blacked out. Yeah, in the old definitely. ones. Um, so in order to keep the game going, uh, Jolene tags back in, and basically the bet is like if we win now. I guess like the second bet wasn't a thousand. I think this is the bet where she's like, Hey, we'll do it a thousand times. But if you do, we get her liver and everything else back. I think the second bet was for a thousand dollars, but they had to do it a hundred times. I think that's where, yeah. And so, yeah, this one is like a thousand catches or something. (laughs) Anyway, they're just like, Hey, Ermis, just hang out there for a while. Promise we'll get your internal organs back. And she's just like hugging her guts going like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, what what else is she gonna do? I don't know, but I just like that she's just profusely like pouring blood out of her stomach and just sitting there and just like I I sure hope my friends come through for me. I guess. <laughs> well, uh, also should be noted the guard that they bribe uh, looks like a bad guy from Fist of the North Star, like a bandit yeah. or something. Like he has weird like diamonds over his eyes and a misshapen head. There's so much. Rocky really went off the uh, deep end with character designs this season. Yeah, it's great. Sigechi was the blueprint. <laughs> Everybody wishes they looked like Shigechi. <laughs> he he stopped and thought to himself, "Could I make someone more horrific than Jankum Boy?" And the answer was a resounding yes. <laughs> I like how half the time you call him Jankum Boy. Like he's huffing Jankum. Might as well look at yeah, him. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. If there were ever a JoJo right. character that would shit in a bag and start huffing it, it would be him. <laughs> no, well, come on, please. You have to leave it out in the yard, like bury it for a while so it ferments first, and then you huff it. <laughs> he wouldn't even get that part right. He would just shit in the bag and immediately start huffing it. I'm wondering why it isn't working. No, he would just pretend to get high. <laughs> yeah. He's absolutely that kid who, like, you put up to smoking oregano, and then he acts like he's just smoked the fattest blunt wound a man. <laughs> oh, God. So they all have to go back inside of the prison, except for Irma's, who's just bleeding out in the courtyard now. Yeah. And they keep the game going. They're, they're playing... Uh, catch and they're trying to track uh more more shown or whatever her fucking name is they're Amy trying Morricone. to they're trying to find her so they can just attack her and disable her stand but they have to keep the game going because her stand basically operates within them okay that was my interpretation of it. It seemed like yeah, it's a yeah. stand it, that it's like, like sticks it's to a you. reflection of your conscience, which yeah. is why like they couldn't attack it because uh, Hermes knew that she violated the rules, and so that's when it popped out. Yeah, and and I think I'm pretty sure that's what Darby's did too. Like it, maybe well, no, I, I don't. He didn't have like an actual manifestation of it. It was just that when you accepted within yourself that you lost, that is when your soul was forfeit and turned into one of the chips. Yeah. Yeah. Like the chips were kind of the stand. Yeah. But it was a similar thing of, it is not contingent on Darby doing something so much as it is you knowing that you have done or accepted something. And that's what triggers it. Yeah. Um, But they're playing catch uh, in the bathroom and she shuts the lights off. Um, 
and Foo Fighters manages fight, to catch fight, the fight, fight, fight. <laughs> she should have just kept turning the lights on and off and shouting. Yes. Out. <laughs> Stone Free is going to go like this. <laughs> if you run into it, it's your own fault. Uh, I do like the Foo Fighters catches the ball by squirting plankton juice out of her eye, which I kind of feel is also violating the rules, but I guess not. But Foo Fighters happens. doesn't think so, and that's what matters. Oh, are you saying that she's so dumb she doesn't realize that she's cheating? Yes. Oh, that's perfect. I, I thought that was the implication, that. was that she just, because that's also <laughs> just like part of her, like she's just used to it at this point, she doesn't even yeah. consider it. It's a good point, I hadn't thought about that. But that is pretty good. I like that. Um, but she hears uh, this lady's voice and just <laughs> whips the fucking or like shoots her with her like plankton fingernail things. Yeah. <laughs> just she just like, splits her finger open and shoots little plankton bullets at her. Yeah, it's real good. Uh, manages to hit her. So they, they chase her into uh, an elevator and corner her or so they think. The, uh, Foo Fighters didn't step on the other side of the elevator, which is kind of a bad idea. <laughs> Shocking. She may not know what an elevator is, to be fair. Um, but there is like a good moment of tension here at the end of the episode of, oh, well, they're going to get separated. They'll run out of time because they have only like 10 seconds to make a pass between each other. And they use... Well, Jolene uses her stand in some interesting ways to get the ball back and forth while the elevator is moving. Um, and then when they hit the next floor and she's ready to throw to Foo Fighters, uh, the guard is on the other side, takes the ball. It's revealed that he was put up to do that as part of the bribe, which I thought the twist there was going to be that is cheating. And so then her stand would attack herself. I thought so, too. But I guess nope. the point is he's not technically part of the rally, and so, I don't know. Yeah, it, that should have been it. So my only problem with this episode is I think the solution to dealing with the stand user is very contrived. Because uh, it seems like Hit that's just... Bunch. Well, no, it's more like that seems like she cheated. And the clever solution that Jolene has to get out of this whole thing is, well, actually, I never said who I was playing catch with. Which seems yeah. like bullshit to me. Yeah. Anyway, she plays catch with her face about a thousand times. <laughs> just like completely caves her like nose in too. It's pretty nasty. It'll be fine the next day. Poochie already proved that. Yeah. All she has to do is just stick her fingers in her ears and blow really hard. And her nose will <laughs> pop right out. Like a Looney Tunes character. Yeah. Um... I'm just imagining a JoJo's character explaining that, like, oh, you just heal yourself by doing this, but then also going into, like, I saw this in a Tex Avery cartoon once, and then it just, like, still works. Yeah. Um, But yeah, she gets the ball hurled at her face a whole bunch of times, because technically that still counts as part of playing catch. Uh, which I like that bit. I just think that the uh, this stand battle does not have a particularly creative solution to it, because it's mostly just Jolene going oh, I gotcha, because I never defined who I would be playing catch with. Even though I think that that was made very clear from the implication of I'm playing catch with Foo Fighters. Yeah. But it doesn't matter, because I like a good, like, sort of gambling stand. 
I do too. I I I still think the Darby episode is the best one as far as a gambling stand goes. Sure. The but uh, that's the last we'll see of Hermes for this batch of episodes. And uh, Foo Fighters. Yeah, and Foo Fighters. <clears throat> Excuse me. But uh, the next three episodes are more like focused on the overarching plot of Stone Ocean. We get a lot of Poochie. Yeah, we, we just had our uh, Stand of the Week episode, so now it's time for some mythology. Time for a good Mulder and Scully partner. are gonna find out where the black oil is coming from. <laughs> uh, we get a little bit of Imperio. Little baby baseball boy is here. Uh huh. I'm trying to remember how did this first episode start exactly? Uh, she's um trying to call home, going to the right, phone. right, right. Um, okay, I was trying to remember if there was. Oh, okay, the the part that I'm forgetting. Because now she's flush with cash, she's able to pay to get on the phone, and then she calls the Speedwagon Foundation. The part that I was forgetting is that lady who stole her spot for the phone is there again, but she flashes her like a hundred dollars, and so she's just like, "Oh, thank you. Here's a chair for you to sit on and a Coca Cola," (laughs) which she just like swipes from another inmate. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so she coordinates with the Speedwagon Foundation and they set up Operation Savage Guardian. <laughs> of course. It's Savage that, Guardian. That band, Savage yeah. Guardian. <laughs> I asked you what you thought they would rename this and your suggestion was Brutal Garden, which I think makes more sense than Savage Guardian. I mean, uh, I don't know. I think they're about on the same level. Yeah, like Savage I, I, Guardian kind of makes sense because, for one thing, it's a guardian for Jolene. Second, yeah. uh, it's funny because the name Savage would make you think it's something much different than what it is. That's true. Um, but Brutal would also imply Yeah, that but well. then Garden... Yeah. Eh, doesn't matter. It's, it's just It's still just such a funny thing with a lot of these where they're close enough that anyone with a brain knows exactly what they're referencing and so they're still skirting around the uh possible litigation it could bring out to use it but it I also think that's just the point though i i'm know. supposed to be able to tell what it is most of i the know time. But, but it is also to the point where it's just so close it's like i really wish you guys just figured out something with being able to use the actual names yeah because it's possible I think the main thing here is the pun on it being a Operation Savage Garden. Like, that's sort of the main thing. Yeah. I it Just to go back to the Oingo Boingo thing for a second, though, that You're has me... talking about I, Oingo Boingo. I know, Boingo. but that has me all the more curious about how that was, like, the one thing that they managed to work out. I like, feel it's... like it's because one character was named Oingo and the other one was named Boingo. I prefer to think Danny Elfman somehow found out about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, called them up, and was just like, yeah, you can use it. Maybe. We'll never know. I hope so. (laughs) If I had the chance to ask Danny Elfman one question, that would embarrassingly be the one question that I would ask him. (laughs) (laughs) Any other possible thing. Uh, so she hey, needs to Mr. get. Mr. Elfman, do you like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? <laughs> you, ever, you ever heard of Lingo Boingo? He's just running away from me at top speed. <laughs> yeah. 
Mr. Elfin, what I just need to ask you about Oingo. Have you ever seen JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 3? Uh, uh, please slow down. You know, there are these two guys who writes thing in a comic book. It, makes thing, it looks like Jotaro's exploding and then someone else explodes. You know, J- Danny Elfman wouldn't run. I've seen pictures of him. He is jacked as hell for an 80 <laughs> year old. He would just suplex me immediately. Yeah, probably. Um,. He would just like punch you and leave like an indentation in your face. It's fine. I put my fingers in my ears and I, um, uh-huh. yeah. So she needs to get out into the, um, and please, you don't put your fingers in your ears. You put your thumb in your mouth and blow and that's how you pop out. No, I thought that's, you make your hand big when you do that. Yeah. It works either way. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, she needs to get out into the like conjoining area between the male side of the prison and the female side within 20 minutes uh, because the Speedwagon Foundation will pick up the disc with uh, Star Platinum on it. Yes. That's the the thrust of these three episodes. And, excuse Which, me. Uh, that, that's the other thing. Foo Fighters has had that disc on her the whole time. Yeah. Because uh, that was her mission. Uh, the The Mira Mar- Marionette. Her mission in the last episode was to steal that disc ultimately. Yes. Um, and part of that wager was if I win, I get to take it. Yeah, because that would cover the rest of the debt that wasn't paid off yeah. or something. Uh, Not as cool but, as a liver, though. But even though there's a 20 minute time limit and Jolene's call has certainly been recorded, meaning. White Snake is going to be like looped into the. She knows she's going to meet resistance getting out there. Uh, Imperio decides to waste about eh, 15 minutes of her time talking about his ghost orange juice and his ghost candy bar and well, his man says, that sleeps inside of a grand piano. He also says it doesn't matter. Like he says that time's basically stopped while they're in there. Oh, I um, but, miss that line then. Yeah. Um, because it's like outside of time, basically, because it's I, a ghost room from. The past. Regard, regardless, this is a real plan. Agnamic is going to blow up in five minutes, kind of a <laughs> yeah. situation. So yeah, it is. Th- the time limit is sort of irrelevant anyway. But yeah, the the guy with the furry hat and horns uh, sleeps in a grand piano. There's also a guy who looks a lot like Diavolo, which is strange. Yeah, I was going to say Diavolo's here. Uh, apparently, that was supposed to be a female character originally. Uh, the first few panels that. Uh, that character appears in Iraqi drew them as a woman. Yeah, I, I know it's uh, Anasui. Okay. Um, whose stand is... Anasui. Diver down, I think. Okay. I was going to joke and say Anasui, whose stand is Anasui. Uh, here's my problem with Bubba Weather Bui. Report. So for this, they named him Weather Forecast, which, okay, I get it. But I also think just weather report is enough of a generalized thing that they probably really didn't need to worry about anything being litigious with it. No, we've been through this before. Like you, like kiss is also just a word. They're covering their bases. I get it. It it is just mildly irritating. But the more frustrating part about this is his stand is technically supposed to be named heavy weather, but for the English localization, his personal name is Weather Forecast, and his stand's name is Weather Forecast. Is it supposed to be heavy weather? Yeah, it's Weather Report 
and heavy weather. Oh, I thought the stand was always weather report. Because I looked this up when they said that it was weather oh. forecast and weather forecast, and I was like, that so sounds ridiculous, I, and the delivery of this line sounds off. Well, I'll I'll tell you there's a reason for that, because I, okay. I know about that. Weather report is not his real name, but um, I thought that heavy weather was an ability, and apparently that is kind of the case. I, it seems like it's sort of like a um, bites-the-dust type situation. Okay. It still is just delivered in this very clunky way because there's like, at least in the English dub, because I'm I'm still watching it. In the English dub, they do this like... <laughs> you keep missing... <laughs> Apparently, them saying lucky in English is a running gag this season. It's great every time. I know I'm going to switch over, but uh, in the dub, there is this like triumphant lead up to like revealing a stand name. They're, 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 there's like, his name is Weather Forecast, and his stand's name is... <laughs> weather forecast yeah i mean yeah that's in the subs too come on man uh but yes uh, the wiki says a uh, weather report is the stand of the prisoner weather report uh it's affiliated with heavy weather another stand or standability belonging to weather report i like that uh, heavy weather is the unleashed and most capable form of okay. weather report i so like that uh imperio gets carried around by a weather report like he's some kind of manservant <laughs> yeah that's pretty good because <laughs> they they reveal as soon as they get out of this sort of like little slip space that they're in this uh ghost room that the stand again, user not not mentioned here that that's Imperio's stand burning down the house which mentioned previously they didn't even give that another name so i'm still super curious whenever it comes up what they're going to call that thing yeah uh, so they they're immediately being chased by one of poochie's men uh because of course he's aware of the the phone call that was made well um, first weather report does a fun little thing on the piano with his stand oh yeah i forgot about that he causes a little rainstorm that causes a bunch of items to like fall onto the piano and play a few keys this is like animated very well too i really yeah. like the look of this yeah um then while that... he's doing that that's when he's like by the way there's a guy over there watching us <laughs> he's got a stupid hat on it covers <laughs> up his eyes it seems pretty ineffectual to me but whatever yeah uh, he's got little weird suction cups on the ends of his fingers, like a frog man. Um, frogs are going to be a recurring theme in these three episodes. Good. Love a frog. Jumpin' Jack Spark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a Lang lark, lark, lark. <laughs> Lang Wrangler. I oh, mean, I forgot to look that up. I was wondering, like, is that his actual name originally? It is, uh, it is the first name. Lang is supposed to be a reference to one fashion designer, and then Wrangler is just a reference to like Wrangler jeans. jeans. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, I like the look of this character. This fucking imperfect cell-looking freak with uh -huh. his eyes covered up by thin strips of fabric. This bizarre <laughs> little mask. And there's like a few points in the episode too where like guards just see him crawling around like a weird frogman and they're fine with it. <laughs> they're just like, oh yeah, it's Lang Wrangler. He's doing that shit all the time. You know that boy Lang Wrangler. <laughs> Sometimes he becomes CG and then other times he's a regular <laughs> drawn man. Mostly when he's going around corners is when he's CG. <laughs> 
Also, there's one part where they're <laughs> running from him and they just sort of disappear and he runs past like Looney Tunes style. And they were just, I guess, Emporio sort of made another pocket dimension in a coat mm-hmm. that they were running by. He doesn't do that again. He leaves. It's a real good Animaniacs bit that yeah. Emporio pulled off. I, yeah, I yeah. like that. Um, I mean, well, so earlier he does say he basically shows that he has access to hammer space yeah where he just like pulls a trash can out of his pocket yeah i keep liking emporio more and more but against all odds weather report really won me over in these two episodes and i really really like lang wrangler he is such a weird little freak he's one of my favorite like enemy stand users from this part so far with a very specific stand ability <laughs> yes but also like one that i think pays off in some really fun ways um, sure uh, well again this is a case of a rocky red things about like vacuums and was like oh yeah. so he spits on uh jolene which causes her to basically lose all sense of gravity and anything that jolene touches also oh, loses there's gravity. gravity yeah <laughs> Um, that's what she says <laughs> but there's this bit before it really starts where she needs to like bribe a guard so the like thousand dollars that she won from the last episode that basically like covers the whole of being able to like get around the prison or do anything because she just has unlimited money to bribe people now yeah that's their out i think that's the whole reason practically for that episode to exist yes i i agree um but she bribes this guard uh who's coke looks real fucking weird because it's already lost gravity <laughs> yeah, it starts floating she does not notice or remark this at all no. I, I was very confused at this part because she doesn't seem to notice anything is happening even though he's just like my coke what did you do ah it looks all weird this sucks and so he's like i didn't do anything to your coke i just touched your saucer anyway uh, i need to get through this door over here here's 50 bucks and then he's just like god damn it i need to go get like a towel for my coke and like he turns away to do this and by now everything's floating and then the the shoe and a cup floats and again she just seems to act like this is an inconvenience (laughs) well she gets confused she's just like wait a minute are you implying that i buy you another coke and pour it into the glass for you this guy's still over here just looking around for a towel uh but she ends up realizing that she's now lost uh, gravity and that anything she's touching is losing gravity. Um, I mean, she realizes it when she starts floating. <laughs> sure, she's just flying away. Uh, she's now in like a, a different section of the sort of like a corridor system where she gets attacked by Lang Wrangler, uh, who like er, the disc was star. <laughs> i have it play it's the part where she's just doing flips in the hallway (laughs) in zero g well i do like uh there's some inconsistency with this too because like she loses the stand as she tries to get it back with one of her threads but she can't direct the thread it has no sense of you know up down left right so she just has to treat it like if you move an object in space you got to throw it straight ahead and let momentum take it directly forward except that stops being a rule for her thread like by the next episode yeah um but he ends up uh laying wrangler gets the disc and then he scurries out of there like a spider Mm -hmm. um 
I do think that the CG that they used is used to good effect. They do it for sequences where it does stand out, but it's very quick and it's for movements where it's clear that that aided in the animation process and didn't act as a substitute for anything. Yeah. Here's the question. Do you think these suction cups are gloves or are those just part of his actual fingers? I think those are just part of his actual fingers. I think... Yes, I agree, because he has his shoes taken off and, like, tied to his ankles, so they're, like, trailing behind him while he's scampering around like a weirdo. Is, I think, my favorite design part of him is just having these shoes tied to the back of his ankles. And they're just, like, regular, like, looking red high tops, too, (laughs) while the rest of him is in this bizarre leather outfit. It's... I swear to God, if you never saw a picture of him, the best way I could describe him is just like Cell from Dragon Ball. It's got the same sort of like the more muscly like bicep portions have that uh, like that, protrusion like that's type thing. yeah cross sectioned out. It looks kind of puffy and everything, but the rest of it is more like a hard armor, almost like a bug, uh, the shell of a bug. Um, I love him. His design is so fucking weird. Uh, but Weather Report is here to save the day. Uh, weather Report can control the weather, and so he can stop uh, Jumpin' Jack Flash from shooting, like, uh, nails and screws at him by, like, summoning clouds up. Yeah, I really like how, um, yes, he has these sort of uh, bulbous things on his wrist that he spins around using centrifugal force hmm. and then launches just random junk out from them and i like how there's one part where he's like ah now i get to reload and the wrist thing like opens up and he just dumps a box of like bolts into it <laughs> uh, i can't remember where exactly i read it but apparently iraqi have been wanting to work in screws as part of an enemy stands like whole aesthetic for a while and he finally got the uh payoff for that with jump jack flash <laughs> okay it's um, a strange thing to be tr- like fixated on but okay i think that kiss is another one that he wanted to use it for originally and then he was just like nah it really didn't make sense for that also notable here uh jolene uses that cup from earlier to do a literal version of the string and cup thing to call for help from weather report yeah the effect for that is really good because it's got like her speech traveling down the wire like bulging out and stuff and it reminds me of uh echoes in part four yeah yes uh, I like that a whole lot. There's some really good stuff visually in like these three episodes. Um, like the, the the visual language that this fight is told through is very, very good. Uh, it's easy to track everybody's action, but there's a lot of very unique camera shots that they use and stuff like that of using the sound effect and the wire and everything. And just kind of the look of weather report like when he sums up the clouds and everything, I really like the way that those were animated. They look really good. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, whether uh, the guy gets away it's because like an air they... conditioner unit smacked on his head or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he drops, um, he cuts like the gravity for a second to drop something on whether. Yeah. Maybe it's like radiator. It's something like that. Yeah. Because uh, he is not able to successfully damage him. And then this trips an abnormality alarm in the hallway. I don't know what it was in the sub, but in the English dub, it's like an abnormality alarm. It's not even like, oh, we detected a fire or CO2 or anything <laughs> like that. We just detected something weird going on. I don't remember. 
<laughs> Although now I am watching Weather Report flying <laughs> with Jolene down the hallway. Watching the show now. <laughs> I well, yes, I have it ring. So then, when you say, like, "Hey, what was the name of that character?" I can at least like look at it. And it's a good reminder of what yeah. happens in what order, so you don't you're not like, "Oh, how did this one start?" Yeah. So Weather Report realizes doing it. Weather <laughs> Report realizes that anything that Jolene touches also has zero gravity, and then uses that to like in combination with his ability to summon clouds and everything and change atmospheric pressure to fly around. Yes. Uh, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh, which places them inside of a, a, uh, like a warehouse area that is connected to the hallway that leads outside. So they're very close now to Jolene's goal. Um, meanwhile, the guards are like looking at the screen going like, Oh, there's an abnormality alarm. Hey, priest what do you think about this <laughs> yeah they're just talking like he's the warden or something but uh, the subs just say emergency alarm mm. yeah in the dub it's like an abnormality alarm that's so weird that they would change it to that of all yeah, things. but yeah uh this priest is just hanging out in the control room and uh yeah i guess he's everyone's boss he's just asking questions man he just wants phone records and he recordings just, of them. He's having his, quote, usual request to be able to listen to prisoners' phone calls in full. Because, um, yeah, he's, he's the one that's placed to the Speedwagon Foundation, uh, which tips him off to exactly what Jolene is up to. Uh, and so he is now headed there to kind of cut them off. But in the process of him doing that, this fight is still occurring. Uh, they're in the warehouse and Jolene really needs to just take a piss like really bad <laughs> yes by the way the subtitles here though uh pretty shoddy for some reason just this episode uh in this segment there's a part where she says something like um it's suddenly so suddenly or something in one part and then there are a couple of other typos in it oh. which i haven't really noticed otherwise I don't know what's up with this one. I don't think Netflix is uh, bringing their best and their brightest to <laughs> the subtitles. Well, again, like, it's Adventure. just this specific episode. I don't know. but Well, even then, there was inconsistencies between the dub and what the English subtitles were presenting. Like, the, there was that one stand, I can't remember the name well, of it right it's now. because the subs are names. based on the Japanese audio, not the English audio. I'm sure. But still, that you think that they would go back and clean it up and have absolutely not, or something. and they shouldn't, because oh. if you're watching the English dub, you're like a, a infant-brained imbecile, <laughs> and you should not have anything catered to you at any point. I regret not watching this on my weirdo Russian sites. Now you're talking. <laughs> I just didn't want to risk uh, becoming part of some Russian botnet this time. Because I decided to watch right. illegal anime. You already are. <laughs> By watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure on my illegal Russian side, I'm supporting Russia in the war against Ukraine. Oh no, yes. how the fuck that happened? <laughs> uh, oh no, yes. I clicked the wrong episode and I launched a tactical nuke. What the <laughs> fuck? Tactical nuke? <laughs> that your kill streak up? Uh, Jolene has to go pee pee. It's fine though, weather report already went. <laughs> That's such a good part. <laughs> and then he explains in detail about why that happens when you're in zero gravity. 
Yeah, your blood goes all up into your head, and then after a while, it starts to boil, and that's a problem. Uh, also, a problem is somehow no, the entire zero. you don't your blood doesn't boil in zero gravity. No, it boils in a vacuum. I'm, yes. I'm getting there because the room is now becoming a vacuum. It's becoming depressure. Excuse me, depressurized. Um, doesn't quite make sense to me. Like she said that the reason for this is she touched like the walls and the floor. And so now the room itself is zero gravity and that's causing it to depressurize because the rooms yeah. around it. But the depressurization only exists within a bubble. So there is parts of this room that they're in, which has not depressurized. So it doesn't yeah. quite make sense. Uh, you know. It would have worked better if it were, was just another function of Jumping Jack Flash's stand abilities that it is able to create a vacuum within a radius rather than it being the result of her touching something. I mean, I feel like that's kind of what it actually is. Yeah. And, and it's just they're taking a roundabout way into explaining it. it. It is one of, I think, many cases of Iraqi wrote something one way but ended up achieving something different that is not quite... Um, not quite in line with what he described, but creatively better for it. Yeah. Anyway, think... all the blood starts getting sucked out of Jolene's nose. <laughs> uh, and any other cut in her arms and... Uh... And any part of weather report. <laughs> like, that weather report... So this is part of why like, I'm, I hope he becomes uh, himbo-fied in the next few episodes. Because he seems like very cool and collected and very powerful up to this point, and now he's just like, "Oh shit, this is how I'm gonna die, isn't it?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like I actually scared. Um, but he thinks fast, and he makes these really cool-looking cloud space suits for them to fight in. Yeah, I love the look of these things. I think they're great. And then Jolene is like, uh, so how much air do we have in here? He's like, uh, well, I was hoping you wouldn't ask that. <laughs> um, None. In a couple minutes. <laughs> so the the problem is less running out of air, but more that when you just exist within that vacuum, your blood will boil faster than it would take for you to suffocate. So the air running out is more about the blood boiling than it is oxygen deprivation. Right. Um, which Jumpin' Jack Flash is keenly aware of, and when he spots that weather report is trying to go to the corner of the room where the radius ends and there is oxygen, his mission now becomes, I need to stop weather report from getting there at all costs. So he just starts taking a bunch of pot shots at him. Uh, and this is yeah, where Jolene... barrel next to him. Well, at first, Jolene is able to block everything, and this is part yeah. of where it starts to come up that now all of a sudden she has like total control over her threads. Uh, but yeah, he ultimately shoots a barrel and gets it to explode, which damages weather report. Well, um, it, yeah, he shoots it to the side and they think he was trying to ricochet a bullet at weather report, but uh, he was hanging on that side. So then it would sort of launch towards him and hit him. Yeah. Uh, mission and, accomplished. And it like, Take this and then blast a hole in her own suit using the depressurization from that to launch her at weather report. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Weather Report's blood is starting to boil. His face is looking real fucked up, man. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, looking like Arnie in Total Recall. Oh, but not as much as Lang Wrangler. 
is about to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because when he is roped into all this, when he's put into the de- depressurization chamber, he starts looking fucked up. Uh-huh. A lot of eyeballs rolling around in their sockets, threatening to pop out like a cork on a champagne bottle. In general, in this batch of episodes, a lot of body horror, even by JoJo standards. Yeah. Um, I love it, though. I love that we're able to see this stuff again instead of having it all censored and, and blacked yeah. out. So it is nice seeing JoJo's characters actually saying the fuck word. Oh, they don't say that in the subs. In the dub, they are throwing fucks all over the place. Uh, I don't like that. I do. <laughs> Seems out of character to me. Well, I talked about that before, back when I was watching part three, and it, like, for a few episodes, was this, like, really shitty, like, yeah. uh, bootleg sub that they were running. Instead yeah, of Yari Yari Dawson were... being yeah. good grief, it was, like, good fucking God, or whatever it was. <laughs> right. I think yeah, it was just that. I remember actually... you saying that. I think it was just like Jesus fucking Christ, I think is what they changed it to, if I remember right. (laughs) No, I I feel like JoJo's Bizarre Adventure should always be like PG-13 language and then like incredibly grisly violence. That's that's fair. I can see the appeal of that. Um, Whether a report transfers his suit over to Jolene to make sure that she can live... uh, and then it's kind of like okay so as a side here uh when i was playing persona 5 royal on a uh, series x mm-hmm. uh there are like two times when characters say the f word and both times i was like whoa what <laughs> it just seems like completely out of place in persona in regular shin megami tensei fine but for some reason in persona especially considering it's so infrequent yeah very strange i'm trying to think when any character did say fuck at those games uh one was uh in ryuji's s link uh, like the other guys on the track team with him one of them says it they added the... content to that one in royal uh now ryuji says the gamer word and you got to get him out of trouble and <laughs> maximizes your bond with him that's why he has to go to the new um counselor s link he has to, to undergo social media training or he's going to be off at the track team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, oh, I the, the other was the um, the mafia guys uh, before you go to the bank. Okay. When when they get like... um, <laughs> I just... I think framed. it's funny that after the whole Kamashita thing of like, oh, he's like molesting students and then even the stuff with like the mafia guy where he's just like, I'm going to turn your friend into a drug addict. And then you see the F word and you're like, whoa, 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 wait, hold on. <laughs> yeah. Things exactly. got a little too adult in here. <laughs> no, it's not that it's too adult. It's just jarring. Sure. Because again, it's so infrequent is probably the main thing. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's still some, like fucked up content in that game though just some of the the people that you're targeting are genuine scumbags oh yeah that's Uh, why you gotta change their heart that's also why it's funny how there's the um the bit with the uh, art teacher use case teacher and at first like most of that is just like he's uh plagiarizing work from his students it's kind of like yeah, all right i guess like that's bad but <laughs> there are way worse things already and then at the end they have to have the thing where he's like and i let your mother 
die. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you have to raise the stakes here at the very end. I'm just going to say that there are some of those targets who fixing their heart maybe wasn't the right answer, and you should have just left them mentally fucked up instead. Yeah. But isn't the implication that would like make things way worse overall because of the... What was the main bad guy's name? The whole thing, like, that would make him stronger. Kamashita can't do that shit again if he's all <laughs> lobotomized. Just saying. That's true. I don't think but anyone's thought... going to miss a Yakuza guy who went all screwy in the head and died. No, but the whole thing with um, Akechi causing the shutdowns. Like, I think that was the point, was it was making... Uh, it's been so long since I played it. Whatever that thing's name was, stronger. Yeah. yeah. I need a uh, y- y- Yagladepth? Y- yeah, sure. Something like that. I know what it is. I know what it represents yeah. in like Christian mythology. I cannot pronounce the name. Yeah. Um, I don't even think it's necessarily in Christian mythology. If I remember right, the whole thing about that was like the guy who floated that theory originally like got mobbed and killed for it. <laughs> trying to remember, but um, okay. I need to play that Persona Royale. Uh, I bought Good. that like six months ago, and I'm probably not going to play it for another six months. I mean, oh, at this where? point, just like buy it again on PS5 because it would include all the DLC and everything. Yeah, I mean, fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know why you like... bought so late. Well, two months later, they finally announced that thing. <laughs> I can't. I am not going to bother to predict anything that Atlas is going to announce because it's consistently disappointing when I get my hopes up and I think like, oh, surely they'll do this. And do then you think they don't. Persona, what do you think about that Persona 3 remake? It's not a remake, isn't it? It's just a port of the PSP version. No. There, there is a port of Persona 3 Portable that's coming out in a couple of weeks. Okay. But the recent thing is a rumor that they are also remaking Persona 3. Then no, I don't think that they're going to do that at all. I don't think that Persona 3 has enough brand power in itself anymore to justify a remake. I don't know. There's also it, that thing where... It's fairly reputable, but we'll see. There was also uh, that I, thing I also, where... My at, first instinct was like, yes, because they were just putting out this port of Portable yeah. that they probably would not, but then it seems like people who know more about this sort of thing seem to think it's likely. There was also that thing recently where they said that they were had like five different projects that they've yet to announce. And I saw yes. that and was like, I am not going to get my hopes up for any of those five things. Cause like three of those could just be like, we're doing another concert. So the thing is like, apparently this is one of those, mm-hmm. but I guess the main issue is because they can't remaster like persona 3 original or something like that and portable is basically the only thing they could get out and so maybe that's why they need to remake two i I was gonna say it doesn't uh, it doesn't matter because parts of two it doesn't matter because no matter what they have to announce they can guarantee it's not going to have anything to do with persona one or two no even though all they really need to do is just take those psp versions like finish translating the other one and put it out here and they won't they will absolutely not do that. I mean, if they really wanted, they could just rip the translation from the PS1 version of Eternal Punishment, like sort of plug it into the PSP. I don't if think that, that would they, work. I don't know. I don't think they, they would not be able to actually do that because there's other stuff they changed about, like the story progression oh, of that did? game. Yeah. 
there's mm-hmm. like a, there's additional content in that as well. I think there's like an extra dungeon that they ended up adding and a bunch of other stuff. Oh, also, okay. like in in general, I know that because I went down this hole when I was like, well, there's a translation of Shimagami Tensei if for the SNES, why can't you just apply that to the PlayStation version? And apparently, like translating games gets way more involved that you can't just pluck one script and toss it into a, another port of a game. Well, I'm an expert and I say you can. So, <laughs> oh, well, okay. That's the uh, end of it. Now that you put it like that. Yeah. Uh, this is stand and deliver a Atlas podcast. <laughs> we talk about all things Atlas and persona related. What, I heard Cosmo Curious is going to be in the next persona game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope I can date him. Ooh. <laughs> I want to date Majima. Date them both and then invite them over to share Christmas together at the same time. <laughs> and it turns out there is no downside. No, they just end up finding each other shirtless in like one of those ballpark things where it shoots the balls at you. Fight, 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 fight. <laughs> uh, batting cages, that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> Yeah, it took me a second. I used to go to the batting cages near my house when I lived in Chicago all the time until I got hit by one of the balls once and it fucking hurt. And I was like, I'm not doing this yeah. again. They're launching the balls at you at a high rate of speed. Of course it hurts. <laughs> just throw my baseball bat down. I walk away and the balls are just still shooting out at nothing. Uh, there, there's a go-kart thing that they had there and everything. It was fun. I like that place. Jolene is in a Lang space Wrangler. suit. Lang Wrangler. Jumpin' Jack Spark. Uh-huh. Uh, Lang Wrangler has this flashback to the reason why he's in prison, which is just that he stabbed the shit out of his college professor a very nice 69 times. This is episode 69 of the podcast, coincidentally. Perfect. Uh, and he has never felt more like he has wanted to kill since then until now. <laughs> and so uh, he decides it's the perfect opportunity to launch some rats. Yeah, he initially like creates oxygen with a chemical reaction. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Which that launches like a bunch of glass forward that ends up cutting Jolene up. Uh, but that's, I think, after that weather report transfers his suit over. Um I, I want to say that like pops it completely or something like that but um yeah he eventually <laughs> just sends some exploding rats out there which don't do anything either no i i thought like the blood that covers her after they explode would have some sort of significance but no not really i thought it would start to boil and then it yeah. would heat up the like air outside it. well there's no air it would heat up like the suit and cause the suit to pop or something um yeah. no but it's just a distraction so he could reload his uh, centrifugal force wrist guns, uh, except this time Jolene has attached a bunch of threads to them to stop them from actually hitting their target. Uh, and I'm drawing a blank on how she uh, dispatches this guy. I can't remember. Does He, he drops the uh, stand, doesn't he? He shuts it off? Uh, yes. Well, um, yeah, he ends up in it's the threads are attached she like yanks him into the vacuum so then he's about to boil too mm-hmm. and then uh the whole thing is like you can turn this off 
uh or no he, he turns it off and then it like launches him towards her and then she punches him a bunch because if oh, he had done it, it earlier he could have gotten away but at that point he was too close yeah he had close distance okay there's to be fair a lot of stuff happens in a very short span of time at the end of the second episode yeah uh, a lot of the action plays out over a longer period of time up to this point um but yeah uh so that's it for lang wrangler and Chumpin' Jack Spark. R.I.P. Lang Wrangler. Yeah. So Jolene takes his uh, security card uh, that lets move around to do work, and she uses it to try to call somebody to open up the door so she can get out into the uh, courtyard. Except the guy dun, who has dun, answered the dun. call. It was... Poche. Poochie. Poche. Poochie. Jolene looks at this fucker's face and doesn't think that he might be anyone significant because she's been looking at weirdo elves and people with <laughs> reverse part Simpson hair. Yeah. And so Poochie seems positively normal. Yeah. Oh, this is just a priest, of course. <laughs> this priest in his $800 pants. You know, just a regular guy. This regular priest who person. has uh, crosses in his eyes sometimes. <laughs> sometimes he does, and I don't understand it. Yeah, he's like a VTuber, you know? Oh, man, a Poochie VTuber would be very good. Yeah, you wouldn't know what he's talking about most of the time. You'd have to do the thing, though, where his like pecs also have jiggle physics, though. So anytime mm. he moves around, they're just like jostling all over the place. Sure. Yeah. I would like to hear Poochie say Ikumbokum. <laughs> Poochie speaking in Japanese, but he says fuck every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> so Jolene uh, talks to this completely normal priest uh, and convinces him that she needs to go out to the courtyard for yeah. reasons. Because he's and... a man of God and he should surely understand that it's a matter of life and death and she has to save her father's life. And he's like, well, I can't do anything about this because there's obviously some weirdo like hiding behind a barrel over there, but I can't say anything about it. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and then he has already come up with a contingency plan for this. He has put a disc into a guard's head uh, and basically told him, uh, fucking shoot this broad. <laughs> yes. And it's great because Jolene goes out there and thinks like the Speedwagon Foundation told me um, when I got out here, I would know what to do. And here's this guy who looks like an anime character. So I should go <laughs> up to him. And then he just turns around and like, hey, check this out. Blap. Blap. <laughs> hey, you want to see a dead body? It's your own. <laughs> Call the ambulance, but not for me. And then he shoots both her kidneys. <laughs> Yeah, just she gets gut shot a couple of times, and then uh, Poochie's on his way over there, too. Uh, things are looking pretty bad, but Weather Report uses the last of his energy to... I need to look up if this is a thing that happened, because the way it's presented in the narration is absolutely the sort of thing that reads to me. Yeah, yeah, that's like, real. That happened in Florida. It happens pretty often, in general. But um, also snakes and other wild animals. I don't know about that. I haven't. Okay. Uh, fish, yes. Uh, 
I suppose it could happen with snakes too. The sheep part was the part that made me think, I don't know about that. There was a specific date and everything that the narrator lays out where it almost seems like it is just reading verbatim, like the first couple of paragraphs from like an encyclopedia entry that Iraqi read once. It probably was. And I get the sense that it is maybe not specifically Florida, almost certainly not this specific date, but that this sort of occurrence with these types of animals is something that Iraqi has read about happening once. Yeah. You've never heard of raining frogs? I've never heard of literal raining frogs. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's real. Okay. Um, and yeah, what like about it says, poison it's dart kind of frogs? Not, not poison dart frogs from South America. What about like thousands of poison <laughs> dart frogs, though? Not, not thousands of poison dart frogs within a very small area, one courtyard <laughs> of a prison. No. Um, not even in notably, the adjoining hallway? <laughs> notably here, the intro has sound effects, which is strange, because usually that only happens in the finale. I think that this was probably the end of the first batch of episodes. That yeah, they put up. I think so. It makes me yeah. wonder if there's going to be a new intro next time. Maybe. Maybe. I might watch to I find like this out one. when we're done here. Um, yeah, it's good. Um, but also we get a flashback of Poochie meeting his good pal Dio. Poochie is notably 16 at the time. <laughs> That's a hard 16, brother. <laughs> Just like how Dio likes him. <laughs> oh no! Look, I I'm right there with Dio on fusing people together into like weird man dog things and getting women to eat their own babies. But I draw the line at relationships with sixteen year old boys. <laughs> okay. I'm okay with him putting his flesh bud into people, but that's just good fun. Yeah, romancing a 16-year-old boy, though. I, I'm sorry. I'm starting to think maybe this Dio guy's uh, bad news. <laughs> Norm MacDonald reading an article about Dio and saying, like, what is Dio, fellow? You know, pretty handsome guy, I'll say. Uh, has his own castle in Egypt? That's pretty cool. Wait a second. Now, says wait just he, a minute here. <laughs> says here he dates 16-year-old boys. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> well, Dio died uh, many years ago. Really? Didn't even know he was sick. <laughs> There's a Norm bit that I heard recently that I think is one of my favorites now, where he's talking to like, um, oh God, who was it? Uh, Larry King, where he's just like, you know, I'm a deeply closeted gay male, right? Yeah, yes. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, done that so are you, bit before. Are you are you coming out? Are you coming out right here on the show? That's big news. No, I'm deeply closeted. Why would I do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite Norm bits is also in the Larry King one, where um he's doing the thing for the man great, and he says it's cast iron, and uh, Larry King is like, no, it's iron. I because I guess he thinks Norm legitimately does not understand how to pronounce iron. <laughs> But he's like, it was it's spelled iron here, and there uh, he says, well, you know, things like that. That's why uh, English is the hardest language to learn. <laughs> really, I thought it was pretty easy. <laughs> Man, I miss Norm Macdonald. Yeah, me too. Uh, so Jolene's been popped a few times, but now it's raining poison dart frogs. 
uh, who ha- they, they carry poison under their skin. So when they pop open, they just splash this all over you. And it is like near instantly fatal or so they say, but this guy is like kicking around for a while. He, he kind of turns into like a Tetsuo monster before yeah, the end so of this. They also say the poison like shuts down your respiratory and cardiac systems, but instead he starts melting and turning into the guy from the end of RoboCop. <laughs> yeah, actually, because there's a whole bit of him like screaming, yeah. help me and yeah. like lumbering around. Poochie absolutely would have run him over with a car. Um, yeah poochie's whole reaction to seeing him is one of like disgust he's just like oh jesus christ what's wrong with you poor guy looked like jean paul uh, belmondo before he got (laughs) melted too and now Um, look at him god so the problem with weather reports uh, the moral uh, here is that this episode is sort of like the ending of magnolia except it doesn't suck (laughs) the Fun part about weather reports save here is it's also putting Jolene in equal, if not greater, danger than it is Poochie or this guard because she's incapacitated and like gut shot. So she he has also to. Also, doesn't like... know that though. He's basically like, "This is my no. hail mary. I just have to hope yeah. it works out." Yeah. Whole lot of hope going into that. Yeah. Uh, Jolene manages like to put up a net but it's only good for so long because she's like rapidly losing blood and she's weakening and the disc is like now buried under frogs out here uh but i do like that the real tension of the episode comes more from poochie's situation because he's stuck in a corner in this hallway that is locked off and they're crashing through the skylight and it's unclear exactly how he's going to weasel his way out of this one with Jolene. She's at least got this net. So you have some sense that she'll be fine until it stops. Um, well, for a little bit, she does say the poison's starting to leak through the net. Yeah. They also does. make a point but, of saying that like contact with the frogs themselves is not fatal. It's just the poison from when they explode. And I thought yeah. those frogs like actually did like secrete poison through the skin. I thought so too. I thought that was their whole point was if they felt like they were endangered, they could poison yeah. other animals. But well, that, uh, maybe that's a myth. I don't know. It, it may just be like one of those things where it's poisonous. So it deters animals from eating them. Like they give off a scent or something like that because of the poison. Uh, or just like the taste of them is so repulsive to an animal that it spits them out. Um, yeah. Like a Nintendo switch cart. <laughs> if your copy of Kirby and the forgotten lands explodes, you will go into cardiac arrest and turn into a mutant. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so, but still, like, most of the episode is about, like, Poochie trying to get out of his situation. It seems, like, honestly a little less focused on Jolene. Um, but we did kind of skip through a little bit of uh, the, the Dio thing. Um, when he met Dio, Dio's talking about, like, being able to get to heaven, whatever that means. It's still this kind of, like, nebulous thought that he's sharing with Poochie, but it's very clearly important for him. Mm-hmm. And it's something that you can, like, write down a recipe for, which he did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Jotaro saw that and burned that fucker like it was a copy of Mein Kampf. Yep. Uh, which is why he wants Jotaro's memory disc, because the only living record of what was in that book now is in Jotaro's mind. It'd be really funny if Jotaro just did not remember it at all. 
<laughs> like he just sort of opened it, looked at a couple of pages, was like, man, no thanks, and burned it. He puts Jotaro's memory disc in his head, and it's mostly just Jotaro looking at books and going, fish, dolphin, <laughs> turtle. <laughs> just pressed up against the glass of an aquarium going, whale. Like the guy in Kung Pao. Whale. Turtle. <laughs> Fishy, fishy, fishy. There's just a whole lot of this guy feeding seals. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, a really bizarre amount of Jotaro's memories is just him watching the Steve Irwin Stingray video over and over and over again. <laughs> Think he got access to that? Yeah, he's a marine biologist. Of course yeah. he did. Okay. Marine biologists can get access to anything. Are you kidding me? That's true. <laughs> and he, I mean, it's one of the most respected professions in the world. Well, so that is part of like my thought process here is he has the memory disk, so why hasn't he already used it by now? And like my best guess is there's something with all these characters have tried to use discs so far, and they can only use them for very brief periods of time before they're rejected by them. And so I'm guessing that there's an additional step that Pucci has to take that just hasn't been revealed to us yet. And maybe it has something to do with that post credit scene. Um, but I prefer the idea that there's just so much dumb garbage inside of Jotaro's memory that he hasn't been able to scrub to the right part of it yet. <laughs> Could be. He's got to get through all this bullshit that happened in part three first. <laughs> Uh, but yes, so, I, I think that's sort of the idea because the guy he meets at the end, he's sort of asking him for a test. And so I think he needs him maybe to read it. I don't know. Yeah. Got a weird bone. Did you look at this my bone, bone for a while? Yeah. <laughs> so this guard comes up and sees that Poochie is having a little bit of trouble and Poochie's just like, please unlock the door. I just need you to unlock the door and then I can get out of here. And the guard's like, those are poison dart frogs. That seems like a liability. I need to ask my supervisor. <laughs> yes, and then just starts booking for the exit, too. <laughs> anyway, Poochie throws a poison dart frog at his fucking face. And puts a disc in the frog so it'll explode, too. There is a bit that we're missing here where I think it is Rocky had an idea for one way to take this and then immediately swerved in another direction because Poochie gets some of the frog goop on his face yeah. and nothing happens. Yeah. I also wondered what was up with that. I, I really do think it's just like maybe originally Rocky wanted something to do with him poisoned and so there's a greater time limit that's being placed, but he just didn't follow through. Yeah. Um, yeah, he uh, he explodes this frog and manages to get the key out of him and then just leaves this guy to die, uh, which he should. Poochie is correct. I guess so. Um, but the poison dart uh, storm ends, and Poochie has now summoned his stand white snake to go pick up the disc that's on the ground and also finish off Jolene. Uh, but Jolene was playing dead. She... <laughs> basically knitted together a uh, net of living poison dart frogs to make it look like she died. Yes, yeah. Well, also to cushion the blows from the frogs that were falling yeah. so then they wouldn't immediately explode. Yeah. 
but she still gets the drop on White Snake and manages to throw the disc up in the air, and then Savage Garden catches it. Savage Garden is a bird. It's a carrier pigeon. <laughs> yeah. And then White Snake or uh, Poochie's like, White Snake, grab the gun. And goes and gets the gun. And he's like, ah, the idiot guard already used all the bullets. I don't know how he did. I think he only shot like four times, but okay. <laughs> I mean, the easy fix for that would have just been to have like two seconds of him freaking out with the frogs dropping and like shooting into the air. Maybe he did. I don't remember. He might have. Yeah. And I also just forgot that. So but he, I... shoots, he shoots Jolene twice and then he's aiming at her and then a frog falls and hits his hand and he like shoots twice. That's what I remember. Yeah, so either he just did that a bunch when we weren't looking or off screen or something like that, or the other way I prefer to look at it is this guard is the kind of guard who definitely should not have a gun and is just like shooting a bunch of random crap throughout the day. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so he only had four bullets to begin with. Um, who knows? Point is, there's a, a real good bit of White Snake holding a damn gun and trying to shoot a bird, and it's out of ammo. It's looking like Dragon Ball characters with guns in Fortnite. There was a uh, this bootleg toy, like snub nose revolver, I saw recently from like China or Taiwan or something, and on the box it just has Goku and he's holding yeah. the snub nose revolver. <laughs> It's like that bit in Futurama. Why do you need courage when you can have a gun? <laughs> uh, the only thing deadlier than a stand is a stand with a gun. You know what? You're right. Guns don't kill people. Stands with guns kill people. <laughs> poison dart frogs also kill people. Ooh, my stand is shooting poison dart frogs out of a gun. What are you going to do about it? <gasps> It's the deadliest stand ever known to man. It can also stop time. <laughs> yeah, that's okay, I guess. Uh, a dart frog gun, though. Yeah, that's just a damn good idea. That should be in the JoJo Lands. The JoJo Lands. Have you seen? I well, I did. I showed you the preview of the JoJo Lands, yeah. where it's got a bunny rabbit and. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been seeing a lot of people drawing fan art of the like side of the guy's oh, face inside the <laughs> inside of the bunny. Who cares? Well, I think those are always funny because it's people trying to like come up with a full character design based off like a three quarter view of somebody's head, and none of them are going to look like what that character actually looks like. No, the guy will have like an inverted Bart Simpson hair. <laughs> Who's to say it's a guy? Who's to say that's sure. even the, the titular JoJo? That might just be somebody else. It's a mystery to everybody. And it will be for like another month. Anyway, uh, Jolene tries to attach a thread onto White Snake to figure out who the stand user is, but uh, Poochie ain't falling for that shit. Poochie don't like, play like that. Just breaks it. Yeah. Uh, so she at least got the stand disc back to the Speedwagon Foundation, but she wasn't able to identify White Snake's user. Uh, she's now being carted off to the medical wing. Uh, Hermes and Foo Fighters are finding out about it. And they also say, like, with all the chaos of the frog raining, her escape attempt uh, was not really questioned. <laughs> Why would it be? Okay. There's all these frogs everywhere. This this prison, which they make a point of saying nobody has escaped from in 20 years. Uh, yeah. They're just like, eh. You also, know. just a, a weird 
supposed escape attempt because I thought that courtyard is like walled in on every side. I think so. So, and eh, whatever. Uh, Maybe not they're... entirely walled in, but yeah, it's like what's well, in the middle. Obviously, it's a courtyard. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, you're not really going to get out from there. Yeah. But that's where uh, we kind of leave off for now. There's that bit at the uh, end of the credits where uh, Poochie's just like, uh, check out this bone. Mr. Sports Max. Yeah, that's a good name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, test your... Does he say what Stan's name is? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, well, it's Limp Biscuit, <laughs> just Perfect. so you know. Oh, yes. And he's like, T- test your ability on this bone. I'm excited to find out what the workaround for that name is. It's a bone from Dio. Dio is still with us. Dio's cockbone. Yeah, exactly. Took it out of his dick. Here. Mm-hmm. 16-year-old boy. <laughs> he gave it to me when I was but 16. <laughs> it was totally consensual and normal. Milo Yiannopoulos is making an argument in favor of everything that Dio is doing. It's good and healthy, actually. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, Christ. That's a batch of episodes. You Uh, think that's the right, real quick, the direction that they're taking that relationship in is that it is one that is romantic? No. Okay, you're just thinking it's a weird, like, this is a regular friendship. It's platonic, but also... It's like he wanted to be his protege. Okay. Weird anime protege relationship where it's sexual, but also not. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Okay, perfect. All right. Well, then what Dio is doing is acceptable. (laughs) (laughs) You say that all the time, but this time, I guess, specifically, sure. Uh, Well, next week, I guess we'll start uh, the the new batch. Uh Uh-huh. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure 2, the new batch. 13 through 16. Yeah, get into some limp biscuit. So excited for that! (laughs) You're just going to get into limp biscuit in general. Yeah, play that fucking track. Break stuff. No, I mean play that fucking track. We need to finish this. Do it all for the nuki. Play that fucking track. Okay. See you next week. And stand up, deliver. Goodbye. Anytime I need to see a face, I just close my eyes And I am taken to a place where your grass don't mind I'm a gentle feeling, take a chapter in the face of my spine Straight like a chicken cherry cola I don't need to try to explain, I just hold on tight And if it happens again, I'ma move so silently To the arms and the lips and the face of the human cannibal That I need to, I want to well, Come stand a little bit closer Breathe in and get a bit higher You'll never know what hit you when I get to